0: every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Big Ten Show with the almost famous Adam Carriker and the much less famous Jeff Turner. And now, your host, Adam and Jeff.
1: Everybody, welcome into the Big Ten show. I am Jeff Turn, the not famous Jeff Turn, and the somewhat famous Adam character. Welcome almost to Adam. Famous. Come on. The almost famous. Uh, <laughs> my friend, the draft was last night, and certainly we have a lot to get to between now and the end of the show. But as day one concluded, the Big Ten was front and center, man. It really
0: was. First off, a couple of things
1: uh i have not worn this shirt i can grab the right side in
0: over a decade it's a 3x i no longer wear a 3x it's a bit big but you can't tell number two you're a little blurry on my computer but i've never seen you look so good hopefully you're clear for everyone else to see okay we finally got the sound to work though let's be honest it took us 20 minutes to get that rolling my son's waiting to pt i said i'm gonna be late so just wait in the middle of the street dodge all cars keep yourself entertained now let's talk about the draft all right we're somewhat professional but we're having a good time and we try to do a good job The draft, the first thing I want to talk, well, the front and center of the the Big Ten. Nine players drafted in the first round, tied for the most, actually the most the Big Ten has ever had, tied for 1995, tied for the most, when they had nine that year as well. The SEC also had nine players drafted last night. Hold on, I took notes so I could sound somewhat intelligente. Big 12 had six. I wrote ace. That means ACC had four, Um, and uh, there was three, I'm sorry, Pac-12. Pac-12 had six, ACC four, Big 12 three. Total of 31, okay, first-round picks, all from Power 5 conference teams. So the Big Ten's doing its thing, all its glory. When you look at 2013, the difference in talent from the SEC to the Big 12. The SEC had 12 first-round picks. The Big Ten had one. The MAC had one first-round pick that year, and that was Eric Fisher, the number one overall pick. So the Big Ten has closed that gap and improved Immensely, my friend. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you, man. And I think if you, you you start at C.J. Stroud at number two, your next pick comes to Devin Witherspoon at five out of Illinois. He goes to Seattle. Uh, then it was Paris Johnson Jr., that big offensive tackle at Ohio State. He goes number six, and I mean, you start to see sort of it went like every other, you know, from the the SEC to the Big Ten. You, you drop down. To number 11, uh, Peter Skrotsky, the offensive tackle out of Northwestern. Lucas Van Ness, the defensive end out of Iowa, goes 13 to the Packers. Then go down to uh, pick 18, Jack Campbell, another defensive player from Iowa, going 18 to the Lions. Jackson Smith and Jigba goes 20th to the uh, Seattle Seahawks. That was the first wide receiver off the board there. Go down to Deontay Banks at 25 to Maryland. Mozzie smith the defensive tackle big man up front for michigan at 27 then you had rounding out sort of the the uh the, the conversation was as we mentioned same number of players from the sec as we had from the big 10 and i think you brought up that great point that gap has has certainly narrowed and you know i think it speaks to to sort of what the Big Ten saw at the time, hey, we have to get better skill players. We can't just be about the big uglies up front. That's not going to win us college football national championships or at least even get us into the college football playoff and have a chance to win those games. We need to be able to score points. We need to have skill players. We need to have quarterbacks that are NFL-style quarterbacks, maybe more so sometimes than just you know great college quarterbacks. And, and I think that was evident last night. And the C.J. Stroud stuff, I never thought he was going to fall out of the top four. When you had three teams that were quarterback needy in the Carolina Panthers, the Indianapolis Colts, and the Houston Texans, no way were they going to – I mean, look what he did in that Georgia game. People talk about maybe, well, he needs to be more mobile. Listen, that Georgia game showed he can be mobile if he needs to be, but I've never seen, Adam, and maybe you can laugh about this too, when the evaluation of an NFL quarterback is – oh, he needs to be more mobile, and you criticize the fact that he can throw in the pocket. It always used to be if you had to be mobile, you weren't a great NFL quarterback, and now people were criticizing C.J. Stroud because he could throw in the pocket. I thought it was a big night for the Big Ten. Uh,
0: Number one, have you ever seen Tom Brady or or Peyton Manning try to run? I have. Uh, They're great at everything, but they are not runners. All right, just to clarify a couple of things I said earlier, the Big 12 had six in the first round, the ACC four, Pac-12 three. All right, and the Big Ten tied what they did in 1995 for all-time first-round draft picks. You look at C.J. Stroud, and for me, the question is, if I was the, had the number one overall pick, Anthony Richardson went number four to the Colts. Uh, no disrespect, but I wouldn't have taken that guy top five, but it's about a no. quarterback-driven league. Sure. He's got the talent. Do they believe they can coach him up? But for me, you got the, let's pretend you got the number one pick. You're the Carolina Panthers. You traded 18,000 picks to get the number one overall pick. Are you taking Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud? Who would you have taken? We know what they did. What should they have done?
1: I probably would have taken Bryce Young. I think if Bryce Young is an inch and a half taller, it's not even a debate. I think, you know, the fact that Bryce Young in chaos and and all the times we talk about NFL quarterbacks being able to evaluate defenses, make decisions in chaos, I thought Bryce Young did that the best. And you would say, wait a second, how much chaos does he have to deal with with all those great offensive linemen in front of him in Alabama? This last year was not the best year for offensive linemen at Alabama and he was able to create and do a lot of things. I mean, I don't think it's monumental from one to two as far as the gap is concerned, but I would take a Bryce Young one, and I think C.J. Stroud uh, is going to be a really solid quarterback in the NFL, too. I think both of them got what they wanted. I think with, with Carolina, they knew who they wanted from the get when they made that trade with Chicago. They wanted Bryce Young, and so it wasn't a mystery there. I think Houston maybe probably entertained some things, maybe probably even tried to get... Lamar Jackson via trade, but when he signed that deal yesterday, it just was a foregone conclusion to me, at least, that C.J. Stroud would go number two, and I have no problem with the way that it went one and two.
0: So I, I think you were correct when you said there's not a big difference between one and two, and over the past two years, two years combined, Caleb Williams was the best player in college football last year. Over the past two years combined, Bryce Young has been the best player in college football, combined with what he did a year ago winning the Heisman two years ago. And there was all this, I don't know what to say, negative hoopla that was starting to eke out about C.J. Stroud and would he fall out of the top seven in the top ten. We're not even going to address that because obviously it did not phase the Houston Texans who drafted him. Now, personally, I would go with C.J. Stroud. And it's not even about the height for me because I looked up two other guys whose names are going to be compared to him based on their size. All right. Now, if you look at Bryce Young depending on where you look, he's 5'10 all the way to 6 foot. I think he's more of a 5'10 type guy when it comes to his height. You look at Drew Brees, 6 foot. But here's what was interesting to me. Drew Brees at least weighed 2'10. Russell Wilson, 5'11, 2'15. Here's what actually makes me the most nervous about Bryce Young. 6 foot or 5'10 or 5'4, whatever you want to believe that he's listed, I believe 5'10, 194. That is, I don't want to say an injury waiting to happen because I wish no ill on no man. But I remember when Tua tunga came out, and he's a little bit heavier, but he had had some banged-up injury issues in college. And I'm like, man, when the Dolphins traded up to get him, I was like, I don't know about that for a top-five pick. I get nervous about a number-one overall pick who's not only vertically challenged, but weight-challenged as well. And I know those are weird things to say. That's why I phrased it that way, because hopefully it's more interesting. But when you got a quarterback, number-one overall, who's 194 pounds versus C.J. Stroud, who's 6'3", at least, 215 pounds, my bigger concern wouldn't be who's the better player. My bigger concern would be who can stay on the field more consistently. And I'm just concerned, and I don't wish it on him, to be clear. I'm just concerned he might get a little bit more banged up being a little bit lighter. Talking about Bryce Young.
1: Yeah. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I think that's what the biggest concern for a lot of people was too is the, is the weight. Um, you know, when you got some. Some big uglies like you chasing him down, you know, laying hey, on top of him. Hey, pretty. Come <laughs> on now. When you're laying on top of it, you know, whatever it was when you were wearing that triple XL shirt there, uh, that <laughs> could certainly mess him up, man. Hey, hey, can I share a random true
0: story out of nowhere? Sure. Okay. So take this for what it is, all right? You know, we're in the showers after a practice in D.C., all right? And Kirk Cousins, his rookie year, looks at me out of nowhere, eye to eye, to be clear. And he goes, dude, you're the type of guy that made my mom not want to let me play football. He goes, guys <laughs> like you trying to hit me terrified my mom. So I don't know why I remember that. I've never forgotten that. You were right talking in-
1: about Kirk Cousins' mom yeah. in the shower. That makes me, that makes dude, me smile this morning.
0: <laughs> we didn't talk a lot. Okay, just him being a quarterback, me being a defensive guy. And just out yeah. of nowhere, he's like, Dude, you're the type of guy that terrified my mom. You know, he wouldn't
1: let me play football for a while. So That's great. Man. That's great. All right, so let's get uh, to our next conversation about uh, what's what's going to happen the rest of the way here in the draft. And and I just wanted to point out as you look at some of the best available prospects for day two, there's a couple Big Ten guys that stick out. Keanu Benton, the defensive tackle at Wisconsin, will probably go here early in the second round. Uh, John Michael Schmitz. Really talented center out of Minnesota. Uh, some guys that certainly could probably play sooner rather than later. They come to mind. And then I think, you know, just with the Big Ten and the way that we saw that run of nine guys go in the first round, I think you're going to see a, a very good number when it's all said and done. Of And I don't know if it'll set a record for Big Ten players drafted this year. But I think we're going to see a lot more going forward. And again, it goes to show sort of the talent level elevated to what not only they did in college, but what NFL executives and GMs think of them. Uh, there were just a couple of names that came to mind for me as we get to day number two.
0: And as you just pointed out, I think there's going to be a little bit of a run on some more Big Ten linemen going forward. Just to put kind of a button, a bow on the top of the first round as we look back, one guy that was not talked about enough, Devin Witherspoon, cornerback out of Oh, Illinois. he's legit, man. Legit. Dude. He can cover, he can make plays, and he will light you up. I love a guy like that. And one final thought of the Hawkeyes. Iowa may not be able to score, but defensively, they had two guys drafted in the first round. Buckus Award winner, okay, uh, Mr. Jack Jack Campbell, also academic Heisman, fairly intelligente there. And then you got Luke Van Ness, the defensive end out of Iowa. So Iowa had two defensive players drafted in the top 18 as well. Now going forward, I think you made a great point. I'm also curious to see. Hey, keep an eye, as always, on Ohio State, Penn State, uh, Michigan guys. But out of out of Nebraska, Trey Palmer, the fastest wide receiver at the combine, a guy who can blow the top off of defenses. I think he was the number two, maybe the number one, but number two wide receiver in the entire country coming out of high school. Where's he gonna go? Because he's uber talented, uber fast, can make big plays. Okay, but he was—I don't want to say a one-year wonder—but he didn't have that same type of production down at LSU. So I think the The question isn't his talent, ability, or speed. It's how consistent can he be in his route running and or catching. Now, he didn't drop a lot of balls last year, but if you're not getting a ton thrown at you, and they're mostly just big plays because you're so freaking wide open because you're so fast, how consistent can you be against top NFL corners? So those are things to watch going forward. I got one final question for you because I noticed you look at Ohio State. They have three players drafted in the first round. Okay, and I talked about Iowa. We've talked about nine Big Ten players overall. The Big Ten champs, however – only had one player drafted. Michigan had one player, 26th overall, and you mentioned him earlier, okay, big Mozzie Smith, the defensive tackle for the Wolverines. You look at teams they're competing with, okay, I'm talking about on a CFP level, because they've gotten in two years in a row, they've lost two years in a row. You even look at TCU, TCU, you know, the type of speed and ability and, and whatnot that they have beat them in the CFP, but Michigan had one player drafted this year, Ohio State. Two in the top six, three in the top 20. I'm going to go outside the Big Ten here because these are the teams they're trying to compete with in the CFP. Bama, two players in the top three picks, three in the top 12. Georgia, three first-rounders this year, actually down for them. Okay, last year they had five, five defensive players in the first round, set a record, NFL record, NFL draft record with 15 players overall. Can Michigan, we know they can win the Big Ten. We know Harbaugh's a great coach. Can they actually compete at a CFP level if they don't have quite the talent that these other teams do that they're trying to beat in those Final Four teams?
1: You know, I think we saw a couple of years ago sort of a little bit of a shift from Michigan in the way that they were recruiting certain players. They went from, hey, we're going to ground and pound, and, and you know, we're going to stop you defensively. I think they realized that you, know, you have to have the offensive ability to, to go toe-to-toe. I mean, even like in that TCU game, man, they scored a lot of points, and they still got mm-hmm. beat. But, you know, the, the the way that at least this draft class worked out, Mozzie Smith was their best-ranked player according to draft rankings, and he was, by most accounts, not even a first-round grade by some people, and he ends up going in the first round. D.J. Turner, the quarterback, uh, was a second-round grade. Luke Schumacher, uh, the tight end, was their third-best-ranked player. I call him Double-O because I can't pronounce his name, the center out of Michigan, uh, and – I don't even want to try. Then Mike Morris, linebacker, (laughs) Ryan Hayes, offensive tackle, Ronnie Bell, wide receiver. Like those were top 200 prospects. And then you had a couple other dudes that entered the draft uh, as well. But, you know, none of those were screaming, hey, I got to take you in my first 20 picks. And so I think for Michigan, it's one of those philosophies that changed the last couple of years on how they recruit players. And it may be a couple more years from now before we start to see the influx of first round talent at Michigan. And you make a good point when you look at Georgia, when you look at TCU, when you look at Alabama, when you look at these other teams that that were able to put up a bunch of points, it was skill players. And I don't know that like a TCU is the same conversation as Michigan with regards to NFL draft prospects. No, but not th- quite. They, but, but I'm saying at least in this last year or so, they had the talent offensively that probably caught the eyes more of people down the road as far as NFL draft prospects yeah. than Michigan will right now. I don't know if that means Michigan needs to go and recruit differently moving forward. I just think you'll start to see the benefits of that from an NFL standpoint moving forward. But Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama, they're definitely on a different tier from as far as NFL talent on a Saturday that'll eventually play on a Sunday.
0: Oh, I completely agree with you. You actually made my point. It may take another year or two. I mean, Michigan has their, their five-star, you know, out of high school quarterback coming back. They got their best running backs coming back. Those are probably some of the most talented players. They're not in the draft yet. And to be clear on TCU, we're not saying they've got the talent of a Bama or a Georgia from No, no, draft no. Prospect. I'm just saying they beat Michigan. So that's what brought them into this conversation. And Michigan, when it comes to NFL draft prospects, does not blow TCU away. I will say this. Most of the guys you mentioned – are defensive linemen-esque or offensive skill guys. If yep. Michigan's going to compete, they've got to be able to match teams like TCU and Bama athletically on the back end, okay, the back seven on defense. And that's where I want to hopefully see that come to fruition for them in the next year or two, especially on the field, but in the NFL draft results as well.
1: All right, guys, we're going to wrap it up for today. That was the Big Ten Show Draft Edition, where you got to hear about Kirk Cousins' mom in the shower with Adam character. <laughs> I don't know how that worked out, man. Hey, enjoy the rest of the draft as another page is turned here on the Big Ten Show. Until we talk again, be well, y'all. Make sure you find us on iTunes, Spotify, and on YouTube.
0: You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks?